Greetings from the Pumpkin Patch and welcome Halloweeniacs to the Jack-O-Lantern Press podcast on the Weird Network, where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name's Tom Piccarella. It's Monster Monday when Tom and I briefly profile a monster of the week. This Monday's monster? Do you know it already? It's the man-eating plant from Little Shop of Horrors, Audrey 2, a.k.a. Tui, a.k.a. Audrey Jr. On the 23rd day of the month of September, in an early year of a decade not too long before our own, the human race suddenly encountered a deadly threat to its very existence, and this terrifying enemy surfaced, as such enemies often do seemingly most innocent and unlikely of places. That's the opening of the 1986 film version of Little Shop of Horrors, and that deadly threat to human existence is a plant, a man-eating plant called Audrey II. And this Wednesday, September 23rd, is the day Audrey 2's will invade our planet again. So we thought it'd be appropriate to do a Monster Monday on these guys so you all get familiar with them before they arrive and take over. So what do you think, Tom? Well, here's here's what's interesting, okay? First off, I haven't seen this movie in years. And when we were doing the research... Um, I basically had to, I didn't go and watch the whole movie, but I was watching bits and pieces of the movie just because I had to try to almost re-educate myself on, on some of the stuff. I mean, I remember the, the scenes with, you know, obviously a lot of the scenes with Rick Moranis, um, you know, feeding the, the plant, the cat, uh, the Steve Martin, you know, um, dentist yeah, scene where he's singing the songs <laughs> yeah i there's there's a lot of things that i remember about it but when digging into this further what i found amazing about this movie is that it it was made with no real special effects like cg cgi wise um and i think that that's what makes this movie even more stunning and just the creation of it with this, the Audrey 2. Uh, and it, it has become like a cult classic. But I mean, yeah, I've I never mean, really it, been into it like that. It um, So it, it's directed by Frank Oz, who did a lot of the Muppet stuff. So yeah, the whole thing is all, you know, puppets. And uh, that's what, you know, part of, for me, a lot of the charm of that particular movie was the puppetry uh, it's just so cool and i love like muppet stuff and you know all the jim henson stuff uh you know yoda you know all and all that stuff is just so great um you know and just adding to the charm of, of this particular movie yeah i mean that that's kind of and then and then just to find out when you're looking at other things you know because one of the one of the things i like to do is find other merchandise or find you know something else that 
you know, that has come out because of the movie or something that was in reference to the movie when it came out, which I'll get to later. But I mean, the merchandise is insane. Um, you know, I found, uh, which we'll, we'll throw it in the show notes, but I found a COVID-19 mask that yeah they're you can they're really all popping up like crazy you know (laughs) i'm seeing these masks all over the place all kinds of different monster masks so yeah that that stuff's definitely out there now well i just thought it was funny because as i was searching for items you know about this movie when that came up you know i'm sitting there thinking to myself i can't believe that they made a covid19 mask with you know the little <laughs> shop of horrors like I, I just couldn't believe i mean obviously people are really into this thing and maybe they made it because you know like i said it's a cult classic but it was just amazing to just see like holy cow you know somebody has got gone as far as making a covid19 mask about this movie so it's just it's just funny yeah but you yeah, know I, I, I brought this up to uh to Matt Douglas over at Nightmare 365 and and Greg Douglas they didn't seem to uh, to dig this movie that much and i get it you know it there's singing in, in it it feels like a a broadway production and so maybe they're not totally into it i know I know they listen to uh, weird stuff, uh, Barney and and uh, the Wiggles and stuff. But keep me cockatoo cool, curl. Keep me cockatoo cool. Don't go acting the fool, curl. Just keep me cockatoo cool. All together now, tiny kangaroo down. So this is a little <laughs> different than that, but I don't know. Maybe give it another shot, guys. Check it out. You know, don't don't listen to the Wiggles all the time. Yeah, well, Greg likes uh, Barney for sure, probably more than anything. Well, he wears that shirt all the time, yeah. Well, yeah, and the, their Patreon um, account, you know, uh, probably most of the stuff that they put on there is probably Greg singing Barney songs. And uh, he really likes doing that quite a bit. Wah, wah, wah. All right. Well, um, unless you have anything else to say, uh, you ready to, uh, to dig into this one? Yeah, let's jump in. All right, here we go. We're digging in. Come in. It's me, Joe. Come on in, Frank. How's the wife, Frank? Not bad, Joe. Glad to hear it. The kids? Lost one yesterday. Lost one, eh? How'd that happen? Playing with matches. Well, those are bricks. Yeah, I guess so. Got a strange one here. Railroad people say they lost one of their best detectives the other night. Oh, yeah? Down by the yards. He's watching the refrigerator cars. Refrigerator cars? Ice thieves. Oh, yeah? What happened? Don't know. Vanished. Blood on tracks. Clues? None. Anything else? Dennis. Farb. Dead? Missing. Clues? Blood in office. Where? Skid Row. Ideas? None. Check it out? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go to, for history on this one, I'm going to go to my Encyclopedia of Monsters by Jeff Rovin from 1989. And the origin story is going to come from the 1960 version of Little Shop of Horrors. Um, in that movie, they call the, the, the man-eating plant Audrey Jr., uh, same kind of reason, uh, you know, it's the girlfriend's name is Audrey, and in the 86 version, they call it Audrey 2. Um, in this this movie, they call it Audrey Jr. Um, and I, li- I like this movie. You know, it's it's not uh, musical, 
Uh, but it's very kind of, it feels like a stage play. Like it, everything is, the acting is very big. Um, there's a lot of like ridiculousness and, you know, kind of uh, outrageous humor. Uh, maybe bizarre would be a good way to uh, to classify it or absurd. But it's a cool movie. It feels it feels like a cult movie. In any event, here's here's what uh, Roven has to say in in the book. Mushnik is the owner of the struggling Mushnik's florist, which is located in the seedy Skid Row section of Los Angeles. His employees are Audrey and Seymour, an aspiring botanist. The bumbling Seymour has crossed the seeds of a butterwort and Venus flytrap to produce a new kind of plant which he's been raising in a coffee pot. He calls the clam-like flower Audrey Jr. in honor of his co-worker, on whom he has a serious crush. Mushnik had wanted to fire the inept Seymour, but upon seeing the plant and recognizing its commercial value, he allows Seymour to stay. Unfortunately, the hybrid begins to wilt, and though Seymour spends all night feeding it high-class fertilizers and other nutrients, it fails to respond. Only when he accidentally cuts his finger and blood drips on the plant does Audrey Jr. come to life. The next morning, each of Seymour's fingers sports a bandage. Ten bees, he explains tersely. That night, Audrey Jr. droops again, and while roaming about the city trying to figure out what to do, Seymour comes upon a drunk railroad cop who has been hurt by a train. Seymour accidentally hits him on the head and kills him. Bringing the body back to the shop, he feeds the corpse to Audrey Jr., who by this time has begun to speak, usually whining, feed me. And uh, you could probably guess where it goes from there. The, uh, the plant uh, is going to be eating humans through the rest of the movie. And uh, as always, hijinks will ensue. Now, in the 1986 version of the film... Audrey, too, sings about being a mean green mother from outer space. I'm just a mean green mother from outer space, and I'm So I checked into fandom to see if there was more information about, about the uh, plant coming from space, because there's not a ton of info about, about it, at least in the first movie. So according to fandom, Audrey, too, is from a planet of carnivorous plants who are sent to different planets to destroy them in the way Audrey II intended. How the plant came to Earth is not completely understood, but it is known that it came to the planet through an eclipse of the sun and an unworldly strike of green lightning. It could be speculated that the eclipse was caused by Audrey II's spacecraft of some kind. Uh, the 86 film has never explained any of the alien race which Audrey II is a species of. That's about all I have for the history, but I did want to bring up some trivia about the 1986 version. Well, actually, so according hold to on. So oh, before, before you bring the trivia, because I actually have trivia as well, but one thing I wanted to bring up in the origin, uh, I found this on villains.fandom.com. It says, according to the film director, Audrey 2 hails from a distant world past the stars, which I, I'm not sure, and beyond the moon, 
which is home to thousands of more carnivorous plants akin to it. And then it goes into more like a little bit of detail like you were saying, uh, which I'm just going to read it. It says it came to earth with the sole intentions of consuming humanity and secondly to spread its seeds. In the theatrical ending it explodes and becomes blue particles. This could mean it regenerated into tiny seeds upon death. It is confirmed when an Audrey II buds, bud is seen in the at the climax. Audrey II came to earth during a total or it, it is confirmed when the Audrey II bud is seen at the climax. And then it says Audrey II came to Earth during a total solar eclipse. And this could mean either its spaceship was over overhead at the time and it teleported down as a sapling from the ship or that it could mean its mere presence was enough so that it could bend reality to its will. Anyways, I, I love just it. thought so that that's that probably going to happen. That's going to probably happen on Wednesday when when more Audrey 2s arrive for the big day. Probably. So people should feast. be prepared. So here's some cool trivia that I found about the ending of the 1986 version. So the original story, and I'm not sure if this was shot or if this was in the screenplay or if this was just an idea. It didn't it didn't specify on fandom, but it says the original story has Audrey 2s leaving uh, sorry, Audrey II's leaves being sold all across America, which results in similar situations that happen to Seymour, tricking innocent people into feeding their plants people. And eventually the plants, after reaching a massive size, attacking and destroying cities and eating people all over the world. The ending shows the United States Army fighting the plants and the Statue of Liberty being ascended by the Audrey II plants. It is unknown if Audrey II took over the world or not, but it is possible that they did. And then the theatrical ending, um, you know, what we saw in the movie, Seymour saves Audrey in time before he challenges the monstrous plant in the showdown. And I'm not going to give any more of that away in case you haven't seen the movie. But I definitely recommend seeing it. Like I said, it's, it is a musical, but I think it's fun. It's a very fun movie, and there's a lot of cool puppetry, and, and I think the monster is just you know, a cool monster. So yeah, yeah that's Audrey sure. too. Yeah. So the other thing too, that I found, you know, on, on a fandom site, uh, is the different aliases that I guess is, it, it is referred to as, so they have Tui, you had mentioned man, uh, or mean green mother from outer space, uh, the plant, the lion, the creature, the dragon, the it, the genie, the snake, the beast, the Great Plant, The Willing Slave, The King of Was Plants, this in the, the movie? Vegetable. I don't know where they get I this. I don't remember. But these huh. are all aliases. Um, huh. Sweet Petunia. Um, and some type of flytrap and an inanimate oh, Venus flytrap? It doesn't yeah, say yeah, they do. a Venus flytrap, but it, it, it just does says say on some. the side there. Obviously, huh. the origin of the of the monster is from Little Shop of Horrors. Its occupation is carnivorous alien plant. Its powers and skills are intergalactic travel, protective outer skin, the ability to deflect bullets, large vines, uh, sight with no with no visible eyes, immunity to almost 
any conventional weaponry, which I thought that was interesting, telepathy, mind control, hearing with no visible ears, sprouting uh, speaking buds, and it has an asexual reproduction. Its hobby, singing, eating humans, and bullying Seymour. Its goals are to grow to full size, reproduce, consume the human race, and take over Earth. And its crimes is that it's a mass murderer, uh, destruction, attempted genocide, blackmail, and attempted world domination. And uh, obviously he's a man-eating monster. So uh, I thought that, that this page actually had a lot of information on it. Uh, with with what it is. So to go into some of the, I don't know, I think they were more of like some fun facts, kind of what you were doing. There was an interesting thing here. I like fun here. facts. Yeah, fun facts are neat. They're fun. Uh, but there was something interesting I found on Mental Floss, which we'll put in the show notes. But it said, Little Shop of Horrors, 1960, has been called the best film that was ever shot in two days. Strictly speaking, this isn't entirely true, though. So according to some accounts, the project was born when director Roger Corman, who had a knack for making cult classics on the cheap, bet his brother Gene that he could rehearse and shoot an entire film during the last week of 1959. Using leftover sets from an earlier movie, Corman spent, Corman spent Monday through Wednesday going through the motions with his actors before shooting on Thursday and Friday. And most sources end the story right there. So, what they generally don't... Uh, what goes un, unreported is the fact that Corman called his cast back for reshoots and new sequences over the next two weekends. It was also one of the the earliest roles that Jack Nicholson played uh, as the dad. Yeah, he's patient. pretty funny. He's pretty funny in it. Yeah. Um, another fun fact is this was the biggest plant puppet required uh, that, that needed 60 technicians to operate it at that time, obviously, because this wasn't CG. Like we said, this is a puppet. And there were 60 people that were controlling that that movement. I thought that was really neat. Hmm. Uh, two of Jim Henson's kids were involved in the in the making of of the Audrey Two. Um, yeah, that's the '86 version. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of bouncing all over the different versions here. Uh, Steve Martin sustained a minor injury during the "Feed Me" song. Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. The Audrey 2 made the actors take things slow. It says the foam rubber lips on Audrey 2 couldn't move fast enough to sync up with the audio during any of the songs. As Oz explains, there's a YouTube video on here. Uh, the team responded by filming the puppet at a slower than average rate of 12 or 16 frames per second, then speeding up the footage to the standard 24 frames per second. Whenever Rick Moranis, who played Seymour obviously, or one of the other actors sang side by side with the monster, he or she really lip syncing 
was really lip syncing in slow motion. And they wow. said it was a pain in the butt to actually do that. So I don't know how many shots they had to redo, but I just thought it was interesting that here they were lip syncing the song to try to match up the frames per second. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> uh, Bill Murray's dialogue was improvised, which doesn't really surprise me by any means there. Yeah. Uh, and then you had talked about the, I, I think you talked about the original ending in the movie was cut. Yeah. And, and you, you know why it was cut. I guess people were not happy with it. And yeah, I think I remember reading, not, not this time around, but I think a few years back, I remember reading about it and they did like a test screening or a couple test screenings and it was just, uh too much of a downer or something it might have been that something like that you know people didn't like the unhappy ending or something yeah and so they got it says it in the article you know i'm not going to read the whole thing right now but definitely check out the article if you want a little bit more information on that uh one other thing that they they uh were talking about in this article anyways it says little shop of horrors spawned a short-lived cartoon series which was on Fox Kids in 1991. Uh, so I thought that was, there was only uh I don't remember episodes. that. I don't, I don't remember either. that at all. And it seems like that would have definitely been something that I would have wanted to check out. But yeah, I don't know. So I think in the 19, was it 85 is when this movie came out? Or the... 86. The one, 86. Was it 86? Yeah. So... They said that the Warner Brothers budget was $25 million, which was, I guess, a a record-holding budget for a movie. At that time, the only movie that was in front of it was $18 million, and that was Aliens. Wow. Wow. So I thought, well, yeah, so I thought 85 was... is, may have been when they made it, when they actually made it. It was released in 86. So, yeah, maybe at that time in 1985. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so Ellen Green, who obviously played Audrey, I guess there was other people that were going to be casted for it, and that included Cindy Lauper and Madonna. Also, oh, wow. Eddie... Eddie Murphy was also considered for the voice of Audrey too. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. So uh, there's a there's a bunch of other just neat things in these articles uh, that I thought were were just really neat. W- one other thing, those dental tools that Steve Martin had, those were from or those were were I guess put in or used. Let me see what it says. Steve Martin spent six weeks filming his role as the the sadomasochist dentist, Dr. Oren Scrivillo. It was Martin's idea to have to have his character punch the nurse in the face and rip the head off the girl's doll. The same <laughs> utensils, those dental tools, were used in Batman, which I, oh, wow. I had no idea. Huh. I don't know. It definitely goes into a lot of stuff. Check it out. Uh, some of the other stuff... I didn't realize this either, but I found a Little Shop of Horror comic book that I I thought was kind of neat. They uh, they oh, built it DC. based off of yeah oh. it um, it came out in 1987. It was by DC Comics. It was a 64 page one shot. 
uh, sort of adaptation of the 1986 film. Um, but uh, yeah, it kind of has this whole this whole thing about the the story. I mean, it's it's not. I don't think that the comic drawings are like crazy, but they're not bad. If you scroll down a little bit in there, you could see different things. Uh, but it, it, I didn't even know it exist until I started digging in and, and looking at some of this stuff. So I already brought up the COVID-19 mask, which we'll throw that link in the show notes. And then I found a bunch of, of different toys on Redbubble and Amazon, which we'll put these in the show notes. The Redbubble link that I have is just a bunch of stuff. So if you click this link, you oh, will I see... Oh, I like the shirt. I like the that, shirts. that first one. Seymour's yeah. Organic Plant Food. That's pretty cool. And I mean, they're not even that expensive. So you have shirts, stickers, posters. I mean, I phone cases. It's unbelievable. They got pillowcases, uh, socks. It's just unbelievable the amount of stuff uh, that they have here. So definitely check out check out that link. And then there's just the little Funko. They're kind of oh, popular little that. toys. I'm yeah, getting that, that you can, thing. You can get an Audrey too. It's twenty four ninety five on Amazon, and uh, yeah, that guy's I, cool. I think that guy's really neat. cool. Yeah, twenty four bucks. And, oh yeah, I'm. I, I definitely want to get that. And that's pretty much all I had for the Audrey too. I think it's a neat monster. Uh, you know, we were planning on doing something different this week, and then. And then all of a sudden, you know, Mike said, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, on the 23rd, you know, these guys are coming down. So it was kind of neat to dig into this a little bit. Like I was saying at the beginning of the show, I I really didn't follow it. I don't know if it's my favorite movie, but but after digging into the monster, I, I definitely like this monster. So I'm glad yeah, that you know, we, there was we ended up doing it. Down here in Southern California... Um, I don't know if you remember in Griffith Park. There's that. There was that little train. That Uncle Rick took us. Oh to yeah. When, yeah. So at Halloween time, they do. Um, they do uh, like they haunt up the train, and so the in I haven't actually been to it, but I watched it on YouTube. They actually drive through this area where there's all these Audrey twos, um, and they're oh, moving and everything. Yeah, and that was how I even got into this movie. It, this was a number of years ago. I saw I saw the video, and I was you know because I was thinking, oh, do I, I want to check out that train? That would be cool to go there at Halloween time. And um, it was just so cool. It's like, man, that monster is awesome. So that's how I I finally was like, you know what? I'm gonna check out that movie finally. So I looked up the '86 one and. And watched it and totally got into it from there. I think, if I had, let me see if I could find, I forget what the name of that train is. For those who live um, in Southern California, if you want to I remember that train it. when we went there. I, didn't we ride like a horse and stuff there too when we were younger? Yeah, uh, Griffith Park, yeah, has has that. Griffith Park train god what was it called so i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna just move forward while you look for that so i'm gonna basically call what we did last week we were talking about you know um well actually before we do that do you have anything else 
that you wanted to throw in? Oh uh, yeah, I did have monster. I have movies, so there's the 1960 version with the Roger Corman film. There's the 1986 version. Then there, I looked up a bunch of just like plant killer plant movies. So you have Day of the Trifids, 1962, The Happening, 2008. Um, in 1987, Creepshow 2 came out, and in between all the stories, there's like an animated uh, little story that goes on, and they kind of tell it, you know, like I said, in between each of the the, uh, the stories, and it basically is about this kid who gets these, these Venus flytrap seeds, um, and we're going to put a link to all it's the, all the animated sections put together well, I'll put it in the show notes it's kind of fun um and you see what happens with this kid who gets these seeds and these bullies that are after him and what happens to them then in 1989 you have Godzilla versus Biollante I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right there's Venus flytrap from 1970 there's man eater of hydra from 1967, The Crawlers from 1990, The Ruins from 2008, The Mutations from 1974, The Guardian from 1990, Trees from 2000, and the last one, Contamination Point Seven. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It is a point seven. That's from 1993. And also, uh, one last thing, it's in pre-production right now, it, and we'll put a link to it, but it's Little Shop of Horrors. I guess Scarlett Johansson is in it so far, and uh, yeah, it's in the works. So, Oh, they're going to do um, a, like a remake of this? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and then if, if you're in Transylvania and you're looking for some Audrey 2s, head down to downtown Transylvania on Vane Street and look for the flower plant. The flower plant is home to all known species of flesh-eating plants, trees, and shrubbery, including Audrey too. Um, in fact, right now, the Transylvania Red Cross is urging eligible and, and even ineligible donors to begin the fall season on a positive and potentially life-giving note with the blood or body donation to one of the world's now numerous bloodthirsty Audrey II plants. During the hot and dreary summer months they they say the cross issues urgent pleas for blood donors to address water shortages and severe droughts in many locales by pulling up gardens altogether that require watering um, the organization recommends landscaping with audrey two plants instead because no watering is necessary just a healthy supply of your own fresh blood Blood donors with all blood types, especially the human type, are urged to give blood. Blood can be safely donated every 56 days up to 24 times a year. Those who donated less than 56 days ago or more than 24 times this last year are still encouraged to donate again anyway. Um, to encourage donations, those who get their donor cards and donate will receive a free dental checkup at the dental offices of Oren Scrivello. Uh, for more information about that, and uh, and also if you want to uh, to get to the the flower plant in downtown Transylvania, you're gonna need to get our book Transylvania Traveler. So head on over to jackalanternpress.com and uh, and get the book. Uh, and that's that's all I had. So the the one thing that we were talking about last week, where we wanted to have some neat thing that we had found during the week. I think we're just going to call it trick-or-treat. I know I hadn't really discussed that with you. It was your idea for the trick-or-treat. Mine was 
out of the cauldron. But I think the trick or treat bag is probably probably better suited for for this. So I think we're just gonna go with that. Um, that sounds good to me. Yeah. So I'm gonna say my my uh, product that I actually found this week, and I thought it was really neat, and it was it was kind of funny because the way that I found it, I was cleaning up my room, and apparently I I had this little card that showed the Nightmare Before Christmas uh, village that you can get from Department 56, and if you go to their website, which we'll put in the show notes, I didn't find too many things on here on the department 56 website but we'll put the other link that i had which is an amazon search uh, which has all sorts of characters and so if you click on on that link it will take you to an amazon search of nightmare before christmas village or you could just go into your app or whatever you use to get onto amazon type my nightmare before christmas village and all sorts of buildings and i can't believe how many characters that they have it's so unbelievable they even have the car that the mayor is driving oh wow uh, they have every kind of of thing that you can possibly think of they have uh frankenstein's observatory they have the waterfall it's lit up or or that little fountain that's lit up uh, they have everything. They have a really neat uh, Sandy Claus. He's holding a a uh, you know naughty and nice list. It, it's it's unbelievable. They even have this neat backdrop that you could buy. It's fifty dollars. I mean, some of this stuff is really expensive, but they have this backdrop that's ten feet by eight feet, and it has you know the the mountain, obviously, that's, you know, a, an iconic scene there. But they have the moon with, uh, you know, the Oogie Boogie Man in there. I mean, if you scroll through here and look at the amount of stuff that they have for this village, it's unbelievable. Uh, so I'm, I'm probably going to start collecting this thing and, uh, and, and check that out. So, yeah, I definitely, if you're into Nightmare Before Christmas or if you're even into just Halloween sort of theme type stuff, this is something that you should check out for sure so that's what i found and i just thought it was really neat nice um all right digging into my trick-or-treat bag uh i don't know if i actually found it um i'm still kind of looking but it's something that matt douglas um, from nightmare 365 does which is he started sending uh postcards and halloween cards to people so last year he sent tom and me uh, some halloween cards and they were pretty cool and i just thought it was a good idea so uh and he was even saying how he wants to bring back you know the idea of sending out halloween cards like people send out christmas cards so i've been looking for cool like vintage Halloween cards. So I found a few on Amazon. I don't know that I love them. I haven't found some cards that are like, oh, these are the ones. I'll I'll post a few of them on the um, or in the show notes. They're all from Amazon, so if you have an Amazon account, it'll be easy to get if you want to get them and and also do the same, sending people Halloween cards. Uh, but there's there's some cool ones. Uh, but yeah, I'm still looking if anyone has like really cool ones that they found, uh, you know, send them our way because I'm definitely still uh, 
trying to find the right ones. Um, but yeah, that's that's what uh, that was what I found some some Halloween yeah, I greeting definitely cards. Liked, I think we need to do it. Yeah, I I definitely like the uh, the postcards that Matt sent. They're always neat, and he always sends sends them uh, when he goes to different places. Uh, I I have them all sitting in my room. They're all lined up on the wall. Uh, so yeah, it's like every no one. Time he sends something, I'm gonna put them up there. Yeah, it's like no one does that anymore. They just send you know you know digital pictures or you know memes or something. Uh, and I just thought it was kind of cool. You know, like I go to the mailbox and get something, and it's like, oh, it's just cool. You know, it's just kind of neat to to get a postcard or you know a Halloween card. So that's, yeah, I'm going to try and do the same thing. I think it's pretty cool. By the way, uh, so I did find that train place. It is called, it's called the Los Angeles, hang on, where'd I go? Los Angeles Live Steamers Railroad Museum. And I'm going to try and find the YouTube video that I saw of the, the Halloween train. I think they call it the ghost train. And, uh, yeah, in the, in kind of in the beginning, you go through this area, it has all the Audrey twos, but anyway, dude, we're, uh, at, at a, this is a long monster Monday. So I think we're done unless you had anything else you wanted to say, Tom. Nope. I'm, I'm finished with what I had. All right, cool. Well, that is definitely going to do it for this monster Monday. For more about the monster universe and the monster revolution that's upon us, go to jackolanternpress.com. You can also call our pumpkin hotline and leave us a message with any questions, suggestions, or your impressions of the show at 323-761-0276. And if you enjoy the show, please give us a rating and a review. It's a big help for the podcast, and we'd greatly appreciate it. So thank you for joining us. Uh, We look forward to uh, joining you on Wednesday for the big attack of the Audrey Twos. And uh, hopefully we'll still be able to meet up again soon in the pumpkin patch. Feed me, Crabon! Feed me now! Uh, I can't. I'm starving! Look, maybe I can squeeze a little more out of this one. More, 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 more! There isn't any more. What do you want me to do, slip my wrists? (sighs) Oh, boy. Look. I got an idea. I'm gonna go down to Schmendrick's and pick up some nice chopped sirloin. Must be blood. Tui, that's disgusting. Must be fresh. I don't want to hear this. Feed me. Does it have to be human? Feed me. Does it have to be mine? Feed me. Where am I supposed to get it? Feed me, Seymour. Feed me all night long. Wah, wah, wah. Tiny kangaroo down the sport. Tiny kangaroo down. Tiny kangaroo down the sport. Tiny kangaroo.